Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. In fact, you can do something. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download today's message notes. You can also download the kids' activity sheet. We're a week out of Easter Sunday, but my title today is Be Bold. We're actually going to look at the life of somebody that served in the early church named Stephen and how even in the role that he had, he was bold in serving his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I was thinking about, so uh, if you're if you're listening uh, either live or you're playing catch up, uh, at the time of this message, it's eight days since Easter. In fact, if we were to go back into the Bible times, it was actually on the eight days later that Jesus would appear to Thomas and Thomas still doubted. Thomas had said, uh, unless he had heard the reports from the other disciples, but he said, unless he actually put his fingers in the nail prints in Jesus's hand and stuck his hand in his side, he wouldn't believe. You know, we think of Jesus, uh, even the time that he was born. In fact, even one of the future disciples would say about him and where he had been raised, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, it's estimated that in back in the, the time there of the Bible in the nation of Israel, that there was probably somewhere between 500 to over a million people. Jesus's ministry lasted about five and a half years. All of the religious leaders rejected him, except the one, Nicodemus, that would come to him at night. He chooses and calls out 12 apostles to follow him, right? They're disciples and then apostles. He pulls three closer to him, Peter, James, and John. He would send out on various occasions, the 70 and the 72, and really, you could say tens of thousands heard him teach, um, were fed. We know that one instance, the Bible records 5,000 men plus women and children. There was another one, probably about 4,000, just in the feeding, tens of thousands. The amount of people healed, the Bible records in the Gospels, three people raised from the dead. The amount of people that would have been in Jerusalem at the time of Passover that would have either witnessed or heard of Palm Sunday, Jesus coming into the city, those crying out, crucify him, and really the spectacle of what we would call Good Friday. The first salvation was the thief on the cross who would accept him. And as Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But after the resurrection, um, the apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that there were 500 eyewitnesses of Jesus after he resurrected. Now remember, tens of thousands of those that had heard him preach, how he had, had ministered, how he had been fed, and yet 500 saw him, and now in the upper room as they're waiting, as Jesus uh, commanded them in Acts chapter 1, waiting on the Holy Spirit, there's only 120. Now, for most of us, we, we look at things by numbers and we would look at that part of that's very interesting that there's only that slight number. Yet we know this in Acts chapter 5, verse 37 and 38. In fact, when the, 
the early church apostles are getting persecuted and they're dragged into court, that one of the main religious leaders of that day, in fact, Paul of Saul, who would be Paul, studied under here, Gamamel, he said these words uh, at the apostles because they were forbidding them for using the name of Jesus. And he, he said these words, leave these men alone. If this plan is the work of men, it'll come to nothing. But if it is of God, you shall not overthrow it, lest you be found fighting against God. Now we know that his words weren't listened to at all because persecution not only came on the church, it's going to come upon uh, this man that we look at today, Stephen. But I want to go back again, as I always like to, and I look at Genesis chapter 3, and we're talking about being bold today, not just being bold in the natural, but being bored, born, uh, bold in the spiritual. In Genesis chapter 10, or chapter 3, verse 10, after uh, Adam and Eve fell and they ate of the forbidden fruit, and when um, the father came to them to find them, Adam says these words to the God. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You know, I was thinking about there's really three phrases there. I was afraid, I was naked, and I hid myself. Uh, Fear was something that he had never experienced before. And now, because he's completely unwrapped, he is afraid of the next step. Interesting, right? One of the first feelings uh, that he gets is fearful, being afraid. I was naked. I'm exposed. His eyes are now off of God the Father, off of creation, onto himself. And the result of it was, I'm going to hide. Fear being exposed, eyes off of God, and hiding. So this, what we would call this sin nature that gets deposited, deposited is, again, what we have to battle. And thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit that we don't fall into those things. So we pray today, you are not afraid, you're not exposed, your eyes are not off of God, and you're not hiding from Him, you're running to Him. In fact, we're told even in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. The righteous is as bold as a lion. You know, we have two different kind of analogies when we think of a lion. We can think of one where you and I have gone to see one in a zoo, and they're relaxing and they're sleeping, and we get to kind of look at it. But the way to really look at it is probably what they had pictured in Bible times where these were wild animals that would come and they've got their herds and they've got, you know, again, they're sleeping in the outdoors unprotected. And you have these wild lions that are on the prowl. And so Solomon, again, in all of his wisdom, would take that as an example that the wicked are the ones that flee even when no one pursues, right? They're afraid. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Those in right standing with God are as bold as a lion. Notice Adam fled. The example of the wicked fleeing, but those that are righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, um, I call this life work. So it's not homework because a lot of people don't do homework, life work. I want you to sit and read Acts chapter six. 
in Acts chapter 7 and specifically look at the life of Stephen, but really look at um, what he said and how he went through the entire Old Testament connecting everything to Jesus before these leaders. In fact, one of the things that we read about in the early church was they basically had food uh, tables. These tables were ministry to really widows and anybody that needed support. And there was arguing going on. People, you know, really what probably in that day, line cutting, me first, me first. And the apostles were having to deal with all of this. And they were felt and they were stirred from the Lord to a point. In fact, we read this in Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Uh, to seek out seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. You know, I don't know if you've ever done like a, a yard sale or an estate sale or something at your house, and the minute you get set up, people show up and they're like, pushing to jump in and get in front of one another and guarding their stuff and creating their pile. And well, think of that in the early church and people wanting to get needs. And now they're frustrated. They're complaining. They're arguing, you know, the whole me first. And so now um, the apostles will say, let's find seven men of good reputation and full of the Holy Spirit to a point serving over the tables. Well, what's interesting when we read this even about um, Stephen is Stephen is full of faith and power. In fact, the Bible says he did great signs and wonders among the people. Now, think of that for just a minute. He's serving at the tables, but he's taking advantage of opportunities. He's not one of the apostles uh, that's teaching but he's full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. He's discerning situations. In fact, it's connected to him that he did great signs and wonders among the people. In fact, we read uh, on the, in verse 10 of that uh, Acts 6, they were not able to resist the wisdom and by the spirit that he spoke, Acts 6.10. So Stephen is drugged before this council. And these are the words that they read. They're not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Remember when we read about Gamamel, leave these guys alone. If it's not of the Lord, right, it'll come to waste. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow it. Stephen was bold in the message that he had to give. He was bold in all of the things that he said. In fact, not one of them fell and accepted Jesus. In fact, they they exactly did the opposite. They grabbed him, drug him out of the city, and stoned him. In fact, one of the things that we read uh, that's so powerful about Stephen is his last words. In fact, what incited them even more was when he said that he looked and he saw God the Father and Jesus sitting at his right hand, and, and they got even more furious and began to throw stones at him to kill him but the words out of his mouth right before death were, Father, forgive them. Don't hold this according to their sake. One of Jesus's sayings on the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Stephen's not an apostle. 
Stephen's serving at the table. Yet he's got this opportunity in this ministry that he's taken advantage of. He's bold. He's the first one drug into a court. He's the first martyr in the early church. Wasn't one of the apostles. It was Stephen. He gets an opportunity really to preach the gospel in front of everybody. And nobody accepts it. In fact, they drag him out and stone him. And we read that uh, the coats fell at the feet of a man named Saul, who we're going to know later as, as um, Paul. But Stephen was bold. You know, I actually looked this up. It was about, um, they estimate A.D. 36. A.D. 36. Well, Jesus's ministry, we know, um, lasted about three and a half years. All right. So, again, if we if we looked at that A.D. Um, 33 and a half. So here's what we know about Stephen. Stephen somehow accepts Jesus probably somewhere after we read in Acts chapter 2. He's part of this early church, possibly not been a believer really that long because of the time one, maybe maybe a couple of years of being a believer. Yet it's accounted to him that he was bold, that he did signs and wonders, that he was full of the Holy Spirit, that he took opportunity when people came across his path, not knowing what exactly he did, but he took the opportunity to be bold and to pray for people, to reach out to people. Really, it's that opportunity to open your mouth and let the Lord fill it. Let the Lord fill it. So only a couple years probably as a believer, and now he's a martyr in the church. And yet one of the things that we really can look at from Stephen's life, which is the opposite of what we saw in Adam, are these words in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 through 3. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Stephen, here's what we want you to do. We got this great ministry opportunity for you. You're going to serve at the table. You know all those ladies that are so upset every single day because of what they get? You're going to get an opportunity to do that. And the reason that we've chosen you is you're full of wisdom and you're full of the Holy Spirit. Takes advantage of it. Yeah, none of us like how his life ended up. None of us would want to have to go through what he did. But here's what he is. He's faithful. You know, I looked in Hebrews 11 again, which we look at as the hall of faith that certain people were listed. Now, Stephen isn't listed in there. Yet he would fall under those that says, because of their faith, they were stoned. In fact, it says, stoned and sawn in two. He was stoned. But he stood faithful. He stood bold. He didn't compromise the message of the gospel. In fact, he had the heart, even his last words were exactly the words of of what Jesus said on the cross. A truly transformed individual because of the Holy Spirit that even being falsely accused and drug out, that he would only say the things that Jesus said. You know, many times we read um, Jesus's words, we see his power And we forget he said things just like this, John 5.30. 
He says, I can of myself do nothing. Wait a minute. Jesus, right? The son of God, that third part of the Trinity. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own, but the will of the father who sent me. I can do nothing of myself. There wasn't a miracle that Jesus did that he decided, you know what? I'm going to just go over here and do this miracle real quick and I'll get back with the guys. There wasn't anything that he did that he did on his own. He completely was under that authority of his father. He served with the opportunity in serving his father. Not one miracle, not one feeding, not raising from the dead, not walking on the water, not any walking into the midst of a room without anything that he did without being under authority, following what his father wanted him to do. I can of myself do nothing. Jesus, uh, in fact, John mentions this early on in John chapter 1, verse 12. It says this, but as many as received him, to them he gave them the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Remember, this started all out with Adam rejecting everything that God said. Now, John records, but as many as received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God for those that believe in his name. When you surrender your life to him, there is an absolute heart change. It's not a one-time prayer. It now becomes a lifestyle. You, you surrendered yourself. You have committed everything to him. You've taken your eyes off of yourself and you've put it on him. You're not going self-centered, but you're looking at the opportunity as how do I serve others just like we see Stephen. In fact, it really goes first like this. We talk a lot about leading, but it really starts by serving. And through serving, you get an opportunity to lead. Stephen got an opportunity to experience what he did and being bold by serving others. By taking into account even the wrong and the illegal immoral done to him, he didn't equate it to his father. It was that opportunity to do what he would say. He would not go against his own words. I pray to you today, if you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, it's not a one-time prayer. It's not something you check off a list and move on. No, this is something you dedicate your life. You give him all of you. You're submitted to him. In fact, if you've never prayed that prayer before, or if you've been running the other way, self-centered, going a different direction, it's time to get back. It's time in these days to submit yourself to him. So pray this prayer after me. If you're watching today, the prayers on the screen. If you're listening, pray these words along with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins and today I am in your family. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. You know, it's the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life because it's an eternal decision. You know, we make decisions every single day. You may make a decision today to purchase a vehicle. Well, you know, that vehicle is only going to last on a certain amount of time. In fact, many times you purchase that vehicle with the warranty in mind because you know you're going to need it because things are going to break down. You may go out today and go out and, and eat something and you realize that, you know, several hours later, you're going to be hungry. But you made an eternal decision. But that internal decision um, requires you to make a daily decision to follow him, to turn everything over to him, to not live for your own self, live according to what Jesus taught. So tell somebody. Reach out to us either by the social media platform that you're watching. Go to our Facebook uh, group and message something. Go to our website. But tell somebody. It's the most important thing that you'll do. Well, as we receive our tithes and offering today, I want to read these couple verses from Jesus's words in Luke chapter 12, verse 29 through 31. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind. For all of these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. Let's not remember that. God the Father knows you need those things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Don't have an anxious mind. Today, if you're concerned about rising gas prices, you're concerned about grocery prices, um, electric bill, all of different things that go up, it can cause us to be anxious. God knows your needs. So don't look at yourself like Adam did. Turn your eyes to him. So as you pray this prayer today in your opportunity to give, also take your eyes off of yourself. Don't look at a bank account. Don't look at an upcoming paycheck that's coming. Don't wait by that mailbox every single day hoping that tax return comes in. Look to God today. Allow him to supply your needs and pray these words with me. As I give in today's offering, my life finds true meaning in serving Jesus in his eternal kingdom. My life is to be lived as a person who knows where to put my treasures, and my giving is impacting people for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. It's safe, fast, and secure. You can also write to us to give by mail. Uh, The Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And remember this. Do you need prayer? Do you know somebody that needs prayer? In your day, if somebody says, pray for me, send us an email, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org. We'll not only pray for you, we'll reply back. But take that moment. When somebody says that, remember shoot a quick email out uh, for a prayer request. 
I look up to the hills, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. But where does my help come from? My help, your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This day, this week, in fact, you're going to read Acts 6 and 7. Be bold. Serve the Lord where you have those opportunities. Daily surrender yourself to him. Follow him with everything that you have. And we'll be praying for you. The Lord bless you and you have a great day.